Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to continue talking about what matters most. I believe it's one of the most important things that we can possibly be talking about, especially in this season of life. Over this past year, in 2021, one of the largest news stories in the world has been the rise of what's called cryptocurrency. Now, there's no cryptocurrency that is more popular right now than Bitcoin. Now, it, the idea of cryptocurrency is it's these, these currencies that gain or attain monetary value in some way, shape, or form. And i got to be honest with you, before the year started and we started all this talk about cryptocurrency, I thought that I understood somewhat our economic system. But at the end of the year, i got to be honest with you, I have no idea how it works. Because I have no idea how Bitcoin is worth money when it used to not be worth money. But then I started to think, you know what? In the same way, I don't know how a paper bill that is printed that has little to no inherent value actually has a value in the world, right? And so I'm more confused now than I've ever been. I'll just be honest with you. I don't understand it all. But there is one thing that I do understand is that people with greater prevalence and greater frequency than ever before are assigning value to things that aren't actually valuable. They're putting their value in missed places, right? The wrong places, the wrong things. And they are, uh, they are platforming things that should not be. And I think we've all learned a lot about value over the past couple of years. We've learned how incredibly valuable our first responders are, our medical workers are, those that are on the front lines, those that are driving delivery trucks and delivering much of our lives to our front doorstep. We have realized how valuable those things truly are when before the last couple of years, we probably would have completely taken them for granted, right? But I believe as we go on with life, we continue to struggle with this. What is actually valuable? Where should we place our priorities? Where should we put our money? Where should we devote our thought life to? Where should we put all of our energy to? And so today, I want you to see a contrast in God's word, in the Christmas story, between a short-term interest in Jesus and one who sees him for the treasure and the value that he really is. So Luke chapter 2, we're going to start reading there in verse 8, and we're going to pick up in the story of the shepherds. And as in every week, we are going to specifically pull out one portion or one part of the story. But to get the full context, we'll read the whole story here. And in that same region... <clears throat> there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God 
and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the, <coughs> excuse me, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Watch these last few verses. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. We're going to come back to that word, wondered. But Mary, verse 19 says, treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. A couple of things I want you to see from this text today, especially from the, past, uh, the last couple of verses. First thing is this. I want you to see how short-term interest leads to long-term emptiness. And when I say interest, I'm talking about you are interested in Jesus, right? If you are interested in him. And I want you to see verse 18 again. It says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. The shepherds hear from the angel. They hear this amazing message. That Jesus, the Savior of the world, had been born. And so they go and they begin to share with other people. And when they do... The word that is used in the scriptures is this word, they wondered at it all. They wondered at it all. One commentator called the shepherds the first New Testament evangelists. They heard the message, they believed the message, and they shared the message. It's very simple. The Savior and the Redeemer that had been prophesied about for centuries had been born in Bethlehem. But what is this word, wondered? On the surface, this looks like some sort of vague description of the people's response. But when you begin to read the, the, uh, and study about this Greek word, it was used actually throughout Luke's writings. It is used to describe amazement with which people responded to the accounts and the actions of Jesus. It was used to describe the crowd at the temple when Jesus, as a child, spoke and taught for the first time. It was used to describe the crowd when Jesus cast out a demon. It was used to describe the Pharisees when they were questioning Jesus over taxation, and he told them to render to Caesar what was Caesar's and to God what was God's. They wondered because they realized this was a man who was obviously a lot more adept in answering our questions than we had hoped because we had hoped to trap him in something that he would say. Now, this is the problem with the word, though. The problem with the word is its root meaning deals with a wonder or an amazement that usually wears off over time. In other words, it was a curiosity without a commitment. It was a curiosity without a commitment. And I've got to tell you this. This condition is one of the most uh, frustrating and confusing things in ministry. I've seen it many, many times, countless times, where people have shown great interest in God and the things of God and the church of God, only 
to a few weeks or months later, ignore my texts, uh, stop coming to church, and stop meeting in any sort of way with the body of Christ. Why does this happen? And as someone in me who has devoted my entire life to sharing the gospel with people and helping them grow in their relationship with Jesus, discipleship, it is incredibly frustrating to see people who are so excited and then they just go off the map. It's a wonder that fades over time. It's the same type of reaction that the people in the story had at the message of the shepherds that they had received from the angels. And so as they go out, they're sharing with people, and the people have a great curiosity, but they move on to something else. Their lives are not committed to the Lord. It reminds me, it reminds me of the, the parable of the sower. And the seed. Remember that in Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, it says, uh, Jesus said, And he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Here's the deal. The parable of the sower describes four different groups of people that all receive the seed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, in the story, only one of the four groups actually grow into true committed faith in Christ. And in this story, we see this group of people, the wonder people, as we could call them, described beginning in verse 6, or, or in verse 5. That the seeds fell on rocky soil, they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up. Watch this. There was growth. There, there was some type of springing up. There was some curiosity, but immediately they withered away when the sun came up and they were scorched because they had no depth of soil. They had no root. It, it would be like this. It would be like us going to the store today, buying a plant, cutting it off at its root, putting the roots in the trash can, and planting that plant in a pot. For a few days, it would look okay, right? It would look fine. Everything would look good, but because it does not have any root, it would not spring up. It would not grow anymore. And when the sun came out, especially the Memphis, Tennessee sun that's uh, doused with humidity, it would not last any longer. And so we see in Scripture over and over again that this is a response of people to the message of the gospel. But here's the thing. If you have a curiosity without a commitment, if you have a short-term interest in the things of Jesus, I just want you to know this. The truth is you're going to have long-term emptiness in your life. You're never going to be filled. The things of this world are never going to be enough. The truth of the matter is, those that have a curiosity without a commitment, most of the time, the reason that they decide not to commit is because 
They love their sin too much. That's the truth of the matter. They do not genuinely want to surrender their lives to the control of someone else. They do not want to confess their sin. They don't want to turn and repent and go a different direction. They want to keep doing what they are doing. They want the blessings of God, but they don't like the commands of God. They want all the good things. They want all the happy things, but they don't really know Christ. And I believe it's more important than ever before that we realize that simple curiosity will not lead to ultimate fulfillment. It will lead to ultimate emptiness in our life. And there are millions of people all across our country today that are sitting in churches, in pews, or in chairs that have this sort of attitude. And they think, Hey, I'm great because I like the blessings of God, but I'm not going to live for God. I'm not going to submit myself to his control. I'm not going to trust him when things get difficult. I'm going to look at him as my genie to give me all the things that I want and not the thing that I need the most. And so we see a contrast here because we see the people that the shepherds talked to wondered, but we don't see the same type of response from Mary. I want you to see this. Secondly, that long-term commitment leads to everlasting fulfillment. Look at verse 19. The text says, but Mary, showing there is a difference here. The people wondered, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. Mary had the opposite response to the message of the shepherds. And even though she knew the Old Testament prophecies, she had heard directly from the angel, there were many things about Jesus' future that she did not know. There were many things that she had not considered yet. She did not know how he would go from the region's most popular celebrity to the most despised person in the land within one week's time. She did not know that her son would endure the most brutal, torturous death that anyone would ever have to endure. She did not know the pain and heartache that were ahead for her. And no, I'm not going to sing, Mary, did you know? Okay, I'm not gonna, we're not going to do that today. But she did not know some of those things. She did not have perfect, complete knowledge. But what she did know, she treasured in her heart and she meditated on it. She realized that her baby was not another baby, right? She realized that this was going to be a journey of life, not just a sprint. She heard that this baby's life was going to bring good news to all people. And she knew that she held in her arms the greatest treasure that the world would ever see. She treasured and valued Jesus Christ. She did not have just a simple curiosity that faded over time. She knew this man would come to change the entire world. And even as his mother, she was submitting herself to him and to say, 
He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is in control. He can bring salvation. He can bring forgiveness. I don't know exactly how it's all going to work out, but she knew he would do that. What an amazing woman of God. And we see the difference in the response of the people to the shepherd's message and her response. And my question to us today is, what's our response? What do we value? Would we rather just wonder at God or would we rather commit ourselves and value him for who he actually is? I want to talk about, real quickly, three components of the treasure of Jesus. Three components of the treasure of Jesus. And I want you to see, in Jesus, this is what we find. We find significance over shine. Significance over shine. You see, Jesus was not born into royalty inside of a palace. He was born in a cave or a barn or somewhere where they kept the animals. He was born in a lowly way. And yet, his life would be the most significant one of any person that had ever lived on this planet. You see, I think so many times we misplace our value into the things that shine, into the things that look good on the outside. And so if it does look good on the outside, whether it's a celebrity, whether it's some type of party, whether it's something that you pursue, whether it's something that you spend your money on, if it looks good on the outside, we automatically assign value to that. And yet, what we find in the story of the birth of Jesus is significance is not found just in shine. Significance in fa- is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we need to realign our value scale in our own minds to say, you know what? We're going to figure out what true significance is, and it's not in the things of this world. It's in the baby that was born in that manger. Mary understood this. It's not about, hey, we're having this census, and we're having to report to all these powerful leaders and authorities in the government. It wasn't about them. It was about the baby that she had birthed to the world that would be the most significant person who ever lived. Second thing is this. When we think about value, when we think about treasure, it's about filling over quenching. Filling over quenching. To me, quenching is a quick fix, right? You remember the woman that came to the well and met Jesus And she came to make sure that she could harvest some water so that she could take that back for her and for her family. And what happens at that encounter is Jesus tells her, hey, if you drink from my cup, you will never thirst again. Remember that? He he told her the difference between what filling is and what quenching is is. She came to quench a thirst. He came to fill her with everlasting meaning and hope in her life. He came to radically transform her life. She came to simply get a glass of water. 
And we need to understand in our life, it is not about instant gratification and what makes me happy in the moment. We have become so misaligned that we think that everything that's of value is something that pleases me in this very moment. When God says, I don't just care about this moment, I care about forever. And I want to fill you with everything that I am, with all of my characteristics, so that you can go out and live for me, shine my light for other people to see. That's what it is all about. And so as we think about treasure, we think about a filling over a quenching. We think about a significance over shine. And then lastly, we think about the eternal over the temporal. You see, Jesus wanted to make sure that we were not just impressed with him in a moment. That we were actually people that said, I want to focus my entire life not on just what is here in this world today, but what matters most in eternity. And the truth is, there are so so many people in the world today that are trying to store up for themselves all the treasures of this earth that they cannot take with them when they die. They can't. And so they may accumulate all these, this wealth. They may have multiple houses, boats, cars, outfits, all kinds of great things. And they accumulate all these things over time, and this is the driving passion of their life, and they want so much to have all of this stuff, and yet at the end of time, they realize that what they thought was valuable was actually only temporal. And they can't take anything with them. But someone who knows Jesus knows this. Our life must be fashioned in sort of, in a sort of a way that we want to make an eternal impact for the kingdom of God. And you know what is eternal? People's souls. That's what's eternal. And so while we can't take things, I would say this, we can't take grades in school. We can't take degrees. We, we can't take our list of accomplishments But what we can do is shine the light of Christ in our life and tell people verbally, very clearly, that Jesus came to this earth for them to bring them the best news possible, that he could actually forgive their sin, wash them white as snow, control their life, give them a new heart, a new purpose in their life. That Jesus can radically and dramatically change our lives for all of eternity. We can tell people that. And we should be telling people that. One of the things about moving to Memphis and starting a church that has been so good for me is I think so many times, even as a pastor, okay, even on church staffs, I've been on many church staff. Even even then, sometimes it's like, well, I share the gospel from the stage. I share with people who are sitting out there. I'm teaching people. But what I've learned over these past, this past year and a half, these past 18 months, is the incredible value of sharing with people personally.
personally. People that you know. People that you develop a relationship with. Maybe even some people that you don't know. But spending the time. Because you believe that a relationship with God is actually an incredibly valuable treasure. You don't just have a curiosity to Jesus, you have a commitment to him. And you see him for who he actually is. The only one who can forgive sin. The only one who can change a life. And so this season, as well as every other season, we should be actively sharing his amazing message with other people because that is eternal. And just like we've seen in the video that we showed at the very beginning, we saw people be baptized. Those are lives that Jesus has changed. And that's why it's one of my most favorite things to do in ministry because it is a visual picture of an action internally that happens of eternal significance. Not significance for this season of life, this chapter of life. Not significance in Memphis, Tennessee. No, it's significance for all time, for everywhere. And Jesus can change a life. 